This is the intersection. The intersection. This is the Intersection Podcast for Saturday the 4th of March 2017. Episode 8, Email Lottery. The Intersection Podcast is only made possible through the support of its listeners and sponsors. If you have a product or service that you feel may appeal to our audience, please contact sponsor at intersectioncast.com. Hello and welcome to the Intersection Podcast, a podcast that bridges together the worlds of tech and pop culture. In terms of the world of tech, it's been a fairly busy week. There have been plenty of rumours about Apple's next generation iPhone, iPhone 8, iPhone X, whatever you want to call it. Plenty of rumours flying in about that. And also we've seen the launch of Nintendo's latest home video game console offering, the Switch, which has gone down rather well by all accounts. So let's jump right into it and discuss the news from this week. So here in the UK, it seems we've moved one step closer to a cashless, cardless, and dare I say it, even wallet society. Um, a, a bar in Camden, a bar called Proud, um, has, has tried in at latest in biometric payments. What they have on the bar side is a fingerprint scanner linked to a screen. Now, the idea is that punters of this bar simply register their fingerprint and they tie it to a debit card. And that's any future visits to the bar, any payments that need to be made, all they need to do is just scan their finger. Great if you forgot to leave, if you forgot your wallet at home, there's no excuse to not getting around in. Um, now, what's interesting about this is that this could go mainstream. This could be implemented at all payment points across the board. Now, if there was some sort of standardized service uh, that um, at the full cooperation of the banks um, and was offered as a legitimate alternative form of payment at any payment, at any uh, sort of payment point, um, you know, in, in any establishment, be it a restaurant, um, a supermarket, what, what have you, then this could really replace the traditional way to make payments now a lot of you are probably going to be saying well this is no different to the likes of apple pay and android pay where you just use your fingerprint to authenticate yourself on your phone and your phone with, with its nfc chip handles the contactless payment well this is completely different because this doesn't rely on you having a device charged and with you at all times you don't need to bring your device with you all you need is your person so this is completely different and much more convenient you don't have to deal with a gadget which most of us listen to this podcast that's no big deal but to a lot of people out there um you know, it's quite an intimidating thought using a phone, operating a phone to to initiate a payment. So this could be the beginning of the future. Now, at the moment, um, they are, it's just a trial and apparently it's been very popular. Um, I can't find information about limitations and, you know, is there a maximum spend per day, etc. I would imagine that there is no real reason for there to be 
um, a limitation in the uh, amount that one can spend in this manner, much like with contactless cards, which I believe is uh, at the moment £30, but it keeps increasing incrementally. Um, I would imagine that if the banks got on board with this and, and offered some sort of standardised um, service, that um, there wouldn't be any limitations simply because of the way the technology is being used. Now, banks are very warm to the idea of um, biometric uh, security. So, um, I mean, it's a lot more reliable and actually, you know, having a card, a contactless card can be stolen, for example, and anyone can go and just go spending with it um, much like um, a non-contactless card can be stolen but there are ways in which they can still be used um, so the thing about this that makes it much more secure is that it, it relies on your fingerprint so it relies on the layout of the veins in your fingers to be more specific and while there is a slim chance that you may have an identical uh, vein pattern with some other individual on this planet of ours um, I believe the odds are, are that there is a 3.4 billion in one chance of that actually happening. So um, that considered, this is something that I'm pretty sure the banks are going to fully support. Um, I'm pretty sure once people get around the novelty of this, that they will, they will come to realize that actually this is far more convenient. And the days of uh, us carrying around little bits of plastic in these cumbersome uh, plastic or leather wallets or purses um, will seem archaic. So this exciting uh, technology is brought to us by um, a British tech company called uh, Stahler, I think it's pronounced. Um, and yeah, the, the, the service, um, the scanner, they're, they're naming FingoPay and apparently was developed by Hitachi. Now, um, at the moment, it's being um, trialled in that particular bar, Proud in Camden, North London. Um, but um, according to the founder of Strala, um, Nick Dryden, um, there will be trials extended uh, to the likes of McDonald's and co-op shops. So um, this is very exciting, like I said, um, and it seems like the uh, British Banking Association are watching this technology with great interest. And in fact, um, it does seem that um, Visa Europe's innovation arm, Colab, um, and the director of that innovation arm is actually back in Strala. So there seems to be a lot of clout behind um, this British tech company. Um, and, and, and I guess this can only become more mainstream, so stay tuned. Now, Google have finally uh, confirmed to us that uh, the Google Home product, the Home Assistant product, uh, that is their answer to Amazon's Alexa speaker, will be making its way to UK shores. Google made this announcement during Mobile World Congress and confirmed that the Google Home will be coming to the UK in June. Now, at this moment, we don't know when specifically in June it's going to arrive. We don't know when we'll be able to pre-order and we don't know how much it will cost. Now, that's great news for those interested in the Home Assistant um, product and those who wanted an alternative to Amazon's Echo. Um, the Google Home, um, it costs $130 in the US. So I'm guessing this will probably translate to £130. 
Um, that's just a guess. Uh, but it is uh, cheaper than Amazon's Echo. And this is great. Now that Amazon will have some competition in the UK, this should drive down prices across the board. Competition is always good for us as consumers. Um, so the Google Home um, ties into a lot of Google services. So this will appeal in particular to those invested in the Google ecosystem, for example, Android uh, phone or tablet owners. And um, other services that the Google Home tie into um, include um, Spotify or YouTube Music, uh, TuneIn Radio, Pandora, iHeartRadio, etc. And it um, will also talk to the various smart devices that you may have um, scattered around your home. So you will be able to use it um, for home automation, just to, to, to dictate commands to the Google Home, switch on the lights, um, turn down the thermostat, um, etc. And it will do that for you, much like Amazon's Echo. And the good thing about the Google Home as a, as a, um, a, um, a home assistant, a, a digital home assistant, is that it looks much more aesthetically pleasing than the Echo. The Echo is kind of this large cylinder with blue lights. And, you know, if you're into some very modern aesthetic and very sort of uh, tech, tech aesthetic then that that's just fine but to um most people it's an eyesore and it sticks out like a sore thumb so the google home is a little bit more subtle on its design it's curvy and there are these um these um wooden veneer uh finishes that you can get different um wood veneers finishes that you can sort of get on the base you can attach to the base just to make it fit in with your your home decor and your furnishings so um that's great news. Competition's always good. Um, I myself, as uh, an Apple fan, are waiting to see what Apple can have to offer. But I know many of you Google fans out there will be pleased to know that this is coming in June. And June's not that far away. almost three years of construction apple are very close to opening the doors to their impressive new very large spaceship looking campus in cupertino california the campus um, is due to open in april so very soon uh, where the first uh, few members of staff will be sort of integrated into the new campus and they're looking to move over the entire uh workforce of 12,000 employees uh, who will make the transition across the summer of this year. Now the campus has been given a name, it's been christened Apple Park and within Apple Park will be an impressive thousand seater auditorium. Now this is going to be the place where Apple unveil all of their new products in the future, the grand unveilings where the press attend and um, I assume that we will see the unveiling of the next generation iPhone at this location in this venue. Now, the auditorium has been named the Steve Jobs Theatre after the late great co-founder of Apple. And so it's it's an equally a nice touch to uh, have hopefully what will prove to be one of Apple's most 
important products or rather the next generation of one of Apple's most important products to probably be one of the first things unveiled at this venue. And continuing on with um, the iPhone 8 or the next generation iPhone, whatever that may be called, we will move on to the rumours this week uh, concerning that upcoming device. Um, first of all, there was a report which caused a bit of controversy, um, a report by the Wall Street Journal that was published earlier on in the week, uh, claiming essentially that Apple are going to ditch the lightning connector in the next generation iPhone for USB-C. Now, in terms of a universal standard, that would make absolute sense. And um, many of um, Apple's, well, all of Apple's um, laptop computers now um, can be issued with USB-C ports. And USB-C port is very slim, very small, and it can also be, it can be used to transfer data to a device as well as transferring power and audio and video, of course. So um, a USB-C port, um, it does absolutely everything you could want it to do. Um, but it does seem surprising that Apple might be willing to ditch the Lightning port completely because of, well, let's see, Lightning was introduced, Lightning Connector was introduced in September 2012 with the iPhone 5, and it was a replacement for their 30-pin dock connector. Um, now, since then, there's been a plethora of, of accessories and made-for-iPhone licensed accessories and products that utilize that port. And so for Apple to ditch that port at this particular time might be considered controversial. However, they have done it before, so it doesn't seem completely unreasonable. Now, um, many felt that Apple leaning towards a totally wireless future anyway, so it may make sense to sort of push the wireless features of the next generation iPhone and keep the universal USB-C as some sort of backup. Um, but then it also makes sense that why rock the boat if, if they're going to phase out ports completely, just stick with lightning for the time being. Um, now, the, the wording of the Wall Street Journal um, art, uh, report isn't entirely clear. Um, it's a little bit flaky. Um I'm trying to read it verbatim. Um, it, the next iPhones will feature a USB-C port for the power cord and for other peripheral devices instead of the company's original lightning connector. Um, so it's it strikes me as unusual, not because Apple will be so bold to introduce a new connector, but it is not a new connector. It's not a proprietary connector. It's a universal connector. So are Apple willing to um, let go of the uh, highly lucrative, um, you know, uh, market of selling uh, cables and accessories um, of their own standards to something that's a little bit more universal? A USB-C charge cable, for example, is 10 a penny on eBay. Um, so I find that very, very strange, um, but not beyond the realm of possibility. Now, Normally, I would just say, oh, it's just another rumor. And we've had plenty of rumors about the iPhone 8 or, or the next gen iPhone. However, it comes from the Wall Street Journal. Now, it's been known that in the past, Apple would deliberately um, control or rather deliberately allow certain rumors uh, to, 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 to dissipate into the wild, let's just say. Um, and they would normally use the Wall Street Journal to do so. So we're talking about controlled leaks and normally just to prepare us um, for what they're 
due to unveil and they did this a good example of doing this was when they got rid of the um the earphone jack uh from the iphone 7 it was no coincidence that um we had early leaks early early leaks that, that they were planning to do this because it makes the actual announcement all that less controversial because we've had that time to sort of get used to the idea but curiously enough um, industry analyst Ming-Chi Kuo, who is also an analyst who's normally right on the money, has clarified um, this Wall Street Journal report and has claimed that Apple aren't planning to ditch the lightning port. They will still have the lightning port, but rather they're relying on USB-C type power delivery technology in order to allow and facilitate fast charging. This seems a lot more feasible it seems a lot more realistic as, as to something that an approach that apple would take um i cannot see apple um ditching their proprietary port um it, it's just there's just too much money to give up by by allowing by op- allowing an open standard um on on, on their iphone now once i remember that apple like i said before apple have ditched um their their many of their 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 ports of of previous um i've mentioned the 30 pin connector um and i'm just remembering ones like firewire for example with their macs um and there is this whole um business of the european union there is an eu mandate that uh, mobile devices uh must or should offer a common standard charger or charging solution uh and lightning cannot be considered common uh usb-c could be considered common there are many um other mobiles i mean all, all the, the flagship android devices now going forward will have USB-C charging ports um now i can't see apple making a special version of the next generation iphone just for um, eu regions um i can't see him doing that it wouldn't be cost effective um and also um i i can't see it i mean it might be easier for them to just drop lightning and go with usb-c but that would mean losing too much money and at the end of the day apple are in the business of making money so i i actually um i'm going with ming chi kuo here and what ming chi kuo has suggested it makes a lot more sense um yeah it makes absolutely more sense and i think in terms of the eu mandate apple will continue to offer a lightning to um micro usb or lightning to usb c dongle as an optional solution for those within eu regions Friday the 3rd of March saw the official launch of the Nintendo Switch games console. Now the Switch is Nintendo's latest offering um, and it is a hybrid device both um, both um, a, a games console to be played on your television and both a portable that can be played away. Um, the Switch doesn't have many um, sort of AAA killer titles for its launch to be quite honest the main title that people are going crazy about is the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild now Breath of the Wild was originally um, developed for the Wii U Nintendo's last console the Wii U didn't do too well at all 
but nonetheless, there is a Wii U version of Breath of the Wild if, if you don't want to buy it at a new console. Um, now, the Nintendo Switch is, has done very well in its launch. It's sold out across the board. I mean, there are a few places here and there you might be able to find stock, but generally it's been a sellout. And I'm quite surprised because I was not happy at all when Nintendo announced the price of this product. This product's um, recommended retail price is £279.99. So that's 280 quid. Now, what annoys me about this price is that um, this is more expensive than, you know, you can get an Xbox or a PS4 these days for cheaper than that. It's not quite as powerful as an Xbox One or PS4, although you do have the convenience of the Switch um, acting as a portable handheld device as well. Um, but what annoys me the most about that price is the fact that the Switch could does not contain any games no games whatsoever come with the switch not even a, a demo the most obvious title that should have been bundled with it i believe was is one two switch one two switch is um, a nintendo developed game that pretty much is a series of mini games i think there's 21 or so um that just consist of little sort of if some of you played wario where little mini games that demo the hardware the, the hardware potential of the switch so things for example like um you know you you play with a player and there's like a quick draw game and you know that that demonstrates the use of the um the accelerometer in the the controllers the joy cons and there's ones that demo the use of the um the hd rumble effect like how many marbles are in a bag and you actually feel feels like there are marbles in the bag of your your um when you're holding one of the joy cons in your hand now um you know, and there's no titles. So that that's an extra £35 on top of your 208 quid. Um, many people complain that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is best playable on a pro controller. Nintendo retail the pro controller as a separate £70 purchase, but all right, that's optional. Fair enough. Um, if you want a second set of Joy-Cons, that's going to set you back £79. That doesn't actually include the grip, the Joy-Con grip, I believe, which has to be purchased separately. Um, and you know, there's a lot of this and to use an Americanism, I can't find a suitable British equivalent. They are nickel and diamond people to death with this console, but they seem to have got away with it because it's a sellout. It's a huge success because of that little title, which always pushes units at the legend of Zelda. Now, on top of that, um, there are other little minor annoyances. For example, Nintendo's online, uh, store, um, isn't quite, um, you know, filled to the brim with uh, virtual console titles. It seems all very um, patchy and and unfinished when you when you play a Switch. Um, there's a lot of online content that's not quite ready yet, not just and not there. Um, their online service is free for now, uh, whatever for now means. That's probably because there isn't much of one right now. But there will be a paid service in future, and that's going to again be an additional cost. Although it has been confirmed that subscribers to online service in future will be able to play a number of classic titles for free. There'll be a different selection of titles every month and you won't be able to keep those games. They'll only be free within that month. Um, and so, I mean, you have the option to buy, obviously, if you want to play it for longer. So that's a nice way to get acquainted with Nintendo's back catalogue. Um, but generally, this is becoming all very expensive. Um, and um, I think that... Um, Christmas, the Christmas period will, will, will definitely see a price cut. 
um, because it seems like most of the the real um, core titles aren't, aren't ready until that period anyway. For example, we've got Legend of Zelda, which is a Wii U game, but the real Switch games that we want to play, like uh, Super Mario Odyssey, they, yeah, they'll be around at Christmas time. We have Mario Kart um, next. Is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is Nintendo's next big Switch release next month. The problem with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, while Mario Kart 8 is a brilliant game, it was on the Wii U. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is pretty much the same game. Um, I don't. It's just a straight port, and it, it contains the downloadable content that many of you Nintendo fans would have spent money on before on the Wii U anyway. So you'll be basically rebuying the same game. So. I think Nintendo. I think this is a soft launch. To be quite honest, I, there's just not enough clout, not enough convincing titles, um, for nin, for this to be considered a real sort of hard, full-on launch. I think this is a soft launch. I think Nintendo couldn't delay Zelda Breath of the Wild any further. Um, I think that they are. They know they have a, a fan base out there who would pay any price to get their hands on the latest Nintendo device, or more specifically, the latest, the definitive version of the latest Zelda title. And I think we'll see the real launch of the Switch with probably a more competitive price offering a, again towards Christmas time. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I see this approach. It, it annoys me a little bit. Um, it seems to be the approach of Nintendo's new president um to price things high maybe it's a more conservative approach and an insurance policy because to ensure that nintendo suffer no initial losses because most consoles are launched at a price loss and it takes a while before them, them to sort of uh, start making money on the hardware itself and normally software carries them through and it seems like a lot of nintendo's software titles just aren't ready yet so i i, I think um this is priced highly as a just in case the switch is a commercial failure like the wii u before it um because that if it if the switch was to flop and no one wants to see it flop but if it was to to be unsuccessful then that would hurt nintendo financially and i don't think they can really afford any more mistakes um so but if you if you you're one of those people who um have got a nintendo switch you or, or maybe feel passionate about the pricing do let me know in the comments um do do let me know i would be interested to hear how you guys are feeling particularly if you're big nintendo fans um now um generally um the switch is sold out everywhere there are a few places that you can find stock though you gotta look hard um basically i would try my advice to you is to try toys r us toys r us seem to have stock scattered around in a few stores in actual fact i spoke to toys r us in stevenage today who said that yes they're getting some switch stock in the next couple of days and they're happy to take orders in store you pay your money and they'll ring you and tell you when to come pick it up um, I also found, and this is how I got hold of one, and I did get hold of one. I'll go into that story in a minute. I got hold of one actually because I managed. I mean, the kids—they're interested in Switch, interested in Zelda. I'm interested in Zelda, but to me, it wasn't worth paying that amount for a new console. But the only way we made it work was that we were able to sell our Wii U which I consider a dead console now, at a good price. So we got rid of the Wii U and it paid for the large majority of the Switch. So that's how we did it. But I got hold of one um, actually today, the day that I'm recording right now. I think it on launch day, got the day after. Um, I managed to get hold of one because I tried the supermarkets. That's a place to try. Try Tesco, try Sainsbury's. They're not the obvious places people go to buy games, consoles, and you will find that they may have stock. Um, for example, the Sainsbury's that I purchased mine from today, 
had uh, two um, neon-coloured Switch bundles, you know, with the neon-coloured Joy-Cons, and two grey-coloured ones uh, in stock, and they were just out back. So do ask, do check out the supermarkets if you're really interested. Um, use your Nectar card as well, you get some Nectar points. Um, and I think that, um, and the neon one seems to be the most popular model. That seems to be the one that... Um, has sold out the, the fastest. Zelda itself seems to have sold out everywhere. There seems to be a real shortage of that game, or rather a shortage of that game at a reasonable price because the places that still sell it for £60 or £55, like Argos and so, um, they still have stock. But those that sold it for £45, at a little bit more palatable price, like Amazon, they went out of stock pretty quickly. Um, and speaking of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, there's a little bit of news about that. There will be some downloadable content available now at launch. Um, this is an expansion pack that includes uh, exclusive items and clothing for Link. Um, the, the expansion pack, or rather Nintendo call it the expansion pass, will update as time goes on. So in summer, they'll be introducing new dungeons, a new hard mode, um, and various other features introduced to the game. Apparently a new original story mode, which sounds interesting. Uh, but the expansion pass, you can get it now. Um, I think it's about £17.99. You can buy it on the Nintendo eShop or, you know, just take your time. I'm sure the price of that thing will come down soon enough. Um, so those are my tips about the Nintendo Switch if you want to get stock. I was actually banking, before I bought mine, when I just sold the Wii U, I was banking on GameSeek. Now, GameSeek uh, is a website that sells video games, UK-based site, gameseek.co.uk. Now, they uh, got themselves into the news, got a little bit of publicity around the time when the Nintendo Switch was just announced. So we're talking about before Nintendo gave us a release date, a firm release date, and before they gave us a price, Games Week immediately jumped on Nintendo's announcement of the forthcoming console and offered pre-orders at the price of £198.50, around so £200, basically. Now, they, they accepted pre-orders. And then Nintendo announced the price. Nintendo announced the price, I think, in January, the price being £280, as I've said. Uh, a lot of people thought GameSeek would not be able to honour those orders. Uh, but fair enough, GameSeek uh, made a commitment that they would honour all the pre-orders at that price. Bit of a loss to them, but, they, you know, kudos to that. Then they, they honoured those. Um, they then obviously stopped pre-orders. Um, but in the week... Um, Approaching the launch of the Switch, so the week before last, GameSeek said that they were willing to um, open pre-orders again for the price of £108, I'm sorry, £198.50 for the Switch, but this time it would be for the neon-coloured um, uh, Joy-Con bundle, which is fine. It's still an £80 saving. Now, all they said was, stay tuned, stay tuned, and they had people sign up to their website. Um, now... They basically uh, announced that on the um, the Wednesday, which I uh, the Wednesday passed, that two days before launch, that that would be the day when they open up pre-orders at that price again. And all they said was, you need to sign up for stock alert. So in, in, enter your email address, say that you're interested in that particular item, the Nintendo Switch, and as soon as it reaches, as soon as it's in stock they will email you and you can jump and you can have an attempt to purchase that at that price. Now, obviously, we're, we're talking pre-launch limited quantities, but they did make it sound like uh, anyone would be able to give this a go. And it's all, all to do with first come, first served, which is great. OK, so plenty of people, I believe hundreds did that and they 
in there on the news item on their website there are you know it's like a blog post and there are uh, comments open for comments underneath and a little community uh, developed in those comments and people were sort of hammering f5 all day long because GameSeek said that we will open pre-orders soon stay tuned so people were refreshing and refreshing to see if there was any change. GameSeek were playing along because they have Facebook and Twitter pay, uh, accounts and they were constantly posting, um, they were teasing basically people. They were posting photos of the large stockpile of Switch consoles um, that they had and saying they were ready for launch and very soon they're going to make history and be the uh, offer the Switch at the cheapest price in the UK. Great. So people waited and waited. And waited and waited and waited. And GameSeek decided throughout the day that they would actually uh, indicate how much they had in stock. So now, on the, on the page that listed the Nintendo Switch Neon uh, neon Pack, they actually said, this is in stock. It said, this is in stock and there are 30 plus units available. I believe 30 plus is their maximum, so it could very well be more than 30. Uh, that got people excited, only that there was no way to pre-order. There was no pre-order button. There was only a register for stock alerts button. And this continued right through to about 5, 6 p.m. It's 5, 6 p.m. Then GameSeek made an announcement that actually this is not going to be a first come, first serve thing. That this is going to be a lottery. That basically from between the hours of uh, 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. that evening, they will be sending out random emails uh, to people who did register for stock alerts so there won't be alert to stock they'll get if you're lucky enough you get a random email and in that email you would receive an invitation to purchase a switch at that discounted price so people so they led people on people uh, they probably had oh gosh hundreds maybe thousands of people uh sign up for this stock alert and they never used the stock alert system at all so um they did that and these emails did trickle out eventually late later than they said they would um and not many people uh, received these emails there were a few there were some who, who actually proved it post picture on twitter i i wasn't lucky i did try um but it seemed to be very very few now the frustrating thing is that this wound people up you know you, it's one thing to be told the first come first serve and everyone hitting f5 to refresh it's another thing to be told in the 11th hour no this is a complete lottery so that was wrong and um what um, they did after that was they made it very clear that um, in the morning, by 10 a.m., people have till 10 a.m. to respond to the invitation. And if they didn't, then they would basically send more invitations out until all of the stock were was counted for. So in the morning, it was 10 a.m., the, the, the page with the Nintendo Switch still read there are 30 plus units available. So people were wondering what was going on. They then made an announcement way after 10, sort of 11, 11.30, saying that all the stock had been um, depleted. Um, and, you know, they made history, patting themselves on the back, leaving a lot of pissed off, frustrated customers. Um, now, ironically enough, they uh, then increased the price of the Switch back to the full retail price is £280. And then the stock uh, status then became... No, none in stock, none available. And that quietened things down a bit. But after that, they have returned the price to £198.50. Uh, they haven't made any promise that they're going to continue to sell at that price, but they've returned the visible price 
to that low. You can't order it. Um, you can't pre-order it because the only thing they have there is a register for stock, uh, a stock alerts button. And it all seems like a bit of a scam. I mean, maybe it's not a scam because some people were lucky enough to get a discounted switch. But it seems to me that they're just um, attracting traffic to their site. And of course, they're coming up as the cheapest uh, retailers. For You know, if I was to Google, I want a Nintendo Switch, do a Google shopping search and order it by the price, like lowest price first, GameSeek will come out on top, even though there's no way at all for them to sell you a Switch. There's no, you can't buy one. You can't pre-order. You can't do a thing. Um, so this is frustrating. It's frustrating a lot of people. It's put a bad taste in my mouth. Um, they could have been a bit more honest about this from the start. I don't think I'll use GameSeek again. Um, I've got nothing but negative feeling now when I hear about, when I hear of them. Um, you're better off with sticking with, um, a more straight line company organization who tell you when they have stock and tell you when they don't have stock and won't turn the very uh, notion of pre-ordering into some sort of ridiculous competition. Um, so that's that's the whole debacle with GameSeek. Uh, like I said, if you are looking for a Switch, if you haven't been lucky so far, even if you were counting on GameSeek and you left it to the last minute, and then, you know, do check the supermarkets. They are your best bet. Check the supermarkets out. They may not even have displays for, for the Switch. They may just have deliveries out the back. Ask them to go and check. And you never know. You may be lucky. So again, I will tell you, Sainsbury's, Tesco, maybe even Asda, and actually uh, Toys R Us. Toys R Us seem to have stock here and there of the grey model. Well, that's about all for this week's edition of The Intersection. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I do hope that uh, you subscribe to us. Um, and if you haven't subscribed yet, you can find instructions on doing so at our website, intersectioncast.com. We're also listed on all major podcast directories, including iTunes. If you wish to follow us on the uh, social networks out there, you can do so and be alerted as to when we publish new episodes. You can, on Facebook, follow us at facebook.com slash intersectioncast or on Twitter if you follow us at at Let's Intersect. Do uh, send us your questions, do send us your feedback, uh, anything you want us to cover in future editions, or, or what have you. We, we, we're always happy to hear from you. Um, you can uh, contribute on the comments section or the contact form on our website, intersectioncast.com. Or if you, you can drop us a Skype voicemail or send us an email. Now, both the Skype and email accounts are the same, which is feedback at intersectioncast.com. Well, I'm off to uh, play a bit of Legend of Zelda now with the kids. So um, until the next time we meet, that's a wrap. The Intersection. The intersection.